Hey, hey, remarkable people. This is Tracy Robbins, and you are listening to Thy Neighbor Podcast. This podcast is designed to inspire you to expand your community, to connect more often with those who are in your path, and of course, to love thy neighbor as thyself. You will hear from individuals in my day-to-day life who are crushing it and making the world a more lovely place to inhabit. Have a listen. Well, hello, Coach Mads. That's the name I know you by, and I'm so (laughs) excited to have you on the Thy Neighbor podcast. The first time I had a class from Coach Mads, I walked out amazed at the motivation I felt and the incredible way I was able to push myself. Coach Mads is a a one-of-a-kind person, and I have felt God in her class, and I have felt love and hope, and I have seen progress. I am so excited to have Coach Mads on the podcast today. Welcome. Wow, what an introduction. I'm already emotional. Thank you for that. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited Um, to be here. I'm so excited you're here. Um, I just think you're such an inspiring person, and I want to hear what is something that you're feeling joyful about right now? Man, there's so many things that come to mind with that question, but the first one that comes to mind is, is truthfully being on this podcast. I feel really grateful and excited to have this opportunity. Podcasts, uh, rewind about seven months ago. I was on my first podcast, had no idea what the heck I was doing. Um, and now fast forward seven months later, they have been something that has added more love and more light to my own life. So I feel a lot of joy for just this opportunity. So thank you. Oh, that's so kind. Thank you, Mads. I feel like I was like, I started to get really excited when you sent me the photo for Instagram. <laughs> Excited. Um, so, also, will you tell me about where you grew up, your education, family, hobbies, passions, foods, favorite foods, places you love? Yeah. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I am from a small town in California called Houston. Uh, some people mistake it for Houston. It's H U G H S O N. Tiny town, six thousand people population, um, farm town. I am the youngest of 11 children. I have five older brothers and five older sisters. And uh, we grew up uh, very blessed, awesome parents. We were all athletes. We all played instruments. We were very active in the community. Uh, Pretty much still to this day, if I'm ever even in a close proximity to Houston, and people hear my last name being float around. It's, oh my gosh, you're a Virgil. And uh, even better than that, I'm the baby. So yeah, small town Houston, California is where I'm from. And is Houston in middle, like mid, is it mid Southern or Northern California? So if you're looking at a map, it's almost smack dab in the middle of the state. It's called the Central Valley. So some of the bigger cities were near Modesto in between like Fresno and Sacramento. Okay. Yeah. Did you guys have a farm or anything like that? Did you guys, were you part of the rural? So world? our, yeah, our next our neighbor was our farmer. We lived on a couple acres of land and were smack dab in between some almonds. We had persimmons in our front yard and cherries in the back. So, yeah. That sounds wonderful. And 
Um, tell me about being the youngest of 11 children. Like, what was that like growing up in a family with that many siblings? I, I get that question. And it's so funny because I feel like the answer is not what most would expect. Because I think most people assume, oh, it's probably chaos and you're fighting for the shower. And But being the very youngest and my oldest being 24 years older than me, my first few siblings were actually out of the house before I was even born. So um, while yes, especially family get togethers, extremely chaotic, tons of fun, lots of laughs, great food, good games. Um, Some of the things that I actually think about in in terms of having a large family are some of my most fond memories have been in my adulthood, just because I am connecting with my older siblings in ways that I never had the chance to when I was younger. Um, A couple of my two of my oldest sisters were actually just in town for the 4th of July. And man, I feel like they're my best buds now. And we just got to connect on an adult level. They aren't just my big sisters. They're my best friends. And so it's really, I feel very fortunate to have just a team of siblings, but a team of best friends that support me and everything. So I'm very fortunate. That's wonderful. And athletics wise, what did you do in athletics? So ironically, my first word was ball. I have been a sports freak my whole life. Uh, My sisters, some of my sisters danced. I was too busy playing every sport you could possibly imagine. When I was younger, I played everything. But as I got older, I played basketball, softball and volleyball in high school. And I played basketball in college. Where did you go to college? My freshman year of college, I was at Southern Virginia University, and then I played at two schools in California, Modesto Junior College and California State University Stanislaus, where I got my bachelor's in kinesiology. Wow. Yeah. And then, so with kinesiology in hand, how did that, what, what was next after that? Yeah. So I actually, when I was about 19, had moved back to California and was going to school, working full-time, playing basketball full-time, really busy. But I got my first, when I was 19, personal training cert, national personal training cert. And so that's when I kind of dove into the fitness realm. And it was just so, so much a part of what my life consisted of already. And it was a lot of what I was passionate about. And so I kind of started that journey back when I was 19. And then when I was done with school, the degree of kinesiology, there's so much you can do with it. And I wasn't exactly sure, I think at the time what I wanted to do, but not long after graduating about maybe six months later was when I moved out here to Utah and I started at Orange Theory. So I've been, in fact, next month will be four years that I've been with Orange Theory. And I started as the studio manager in Orem. And then shortly after becoming the studio manager, I started coaching. And I've worked at the Orem, Lehigh, American Fork, and now Sandy Studio and helped coach at a few others as well. Wow. And how has your experience coming to Utah? What has that been like for you? So my initial reason for coming here was kind of a a funny transition. (laughs) So I was at a stage of life in California where I was kind of figuring out, okay, 
what's next? I had, you know, some big life questions of what is this going to look like? What's this supposed to look like? And I think that I had an idea um, at the time that I was going to move to Utah, find a husband, um, get married and live happily ever after. And um, my life took a little bit of a different turn for sure. But that was my original reason for coming out here, believe it or not. And tell me about that trend. So like what happened in there in that time, like <laughs> four years that you've been in Utah, what has yeah. changed <clears throat> from that original plan? Man, everything, everything changed from that original plan. And it wasn't just from that one decision. Uh, I, so I was raised LDS and, um, you know, worked very hard to do everything that I could um, to obey a lot of the the teachings of um, the church and whatnot. And, and I love the church and so many of my family members are very much a part of the church and I love my elder brother Christ. And so I was doing everything that I could to stay on that path. And it, my path was a little different. I, um, around the age of, I would say 15 or so started to recognize my interest in women. And, um, so from that time of about 15 or so to my middle twenties was when I was like, okay, sister, what are you doing here? <laughs> so I figured I was going to rid everything that I knew in California, which involved different relationships with women over the course, course of time. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give this guy thing one last shot. I'm going to move to the homeland. I'm moving to Utah, going to find myself a husband. And ironically, I moved here and found a really awesome guy and very well could have married him. And he's since married now and whatnot, but he was amazing and treated me so great. And we even talked about marriage and super, super funny to think about now when we talked about it, the temple that I always um, imagine getting married in a lot of my family got married at the Oakland temple in California. When we uh, dove into the potential of that, that temple was going to be under renovation over the course of the next year. Looking back on it now, what a blessing in disguise, because it really allowed me to dive into my truth and living my authentic life. And so I've been able to do that. And um, yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah. And I'm curious yeah. about like making that, I feel like that's a, a big decision, especially yeah. as like, you know, coming from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And right. how has that, how has that changed or maybe even improved your relationship with Christ? Yeah, that's a big question. And I think that um, I wouldn't have been able to answer these questions around that age. And so having had many years beyond that and um, tons of great mentors that have kind of helped me along the way, um, one, one big turn in my life that opened my perspective to all things was when I was 20 years old, my mom passed away. And that was really, really hard for me. My mom was my best bud. And I think I felt at the time, like I um, got gypped. I was only 20 years old. I didn't get that much time with my mom. And I had her up on a pedestal. She was the ultimate superhero. If I could be anyone, I would want to be her. And she was the ultimate example of Christ-like love and the perfect teacher and the, 
and such a great mother and provided everything that she possibly could for us. And so because I only had 20 years with her, my one pursuit in life was to be with my mom again. And so that shaped the way I lived my life for the next five years or so. And while it was a um, quest and journey and dogfight for sure, I just got to a place where I was sad because even though I was doing everything that I could to make that happen, I wasn't being real about who I was. Um, And I've had my fair share of tough experiences in relation to the church. But thankfully at this time in life, I had a branch president back home, man, still to this day, just one of my best buds that, that loved me and loved me regardless. He knew exactly what my situation was and he opened his arms up to me and just wanted me to know that regardless of who I loved or the way that I loved, that I was loved. And he made me feel that. And that really helped me a lot and in keeping my relationship with Christ safe. I think um, it's it's very common in this situation to have that be the thing that people then lose that relationship. And it became, for me, a journey that uh, actually grew me a lot closer to him over the last handful of years of my life. So I gave myself one last chance. Okay, here, I'm going to Utah. I'm going to give this thing one more chance. And it just, I realized I, I was not living a life for myself. I was not um, putting myself first because when we do that, when we really do put ourselves first, everyone else in our life is the beneficiary of that. And that's my experience. When I was about 26 years old, I just got to a place where I said, you know what, Madeline, it's time for you to truly be happy. And I didn't even necessarily know what that looked like, what that felt like, what that was going to look like on paper. And and it wasn't about any of those things anymore. I just wanted to be authentic about who I was. And so much of that had everything to do with me accepting who I was. And I hadn't even realized at that point that I hadn't. And once I did, and I truly just began to love who I am in my full form, who that is from my toes up to the tippy top of my head and everything in between and, and what that includes and involves, I started to become a lot happier. And as I loved myself, everyone around me fell in harder love with me. And as I just offered myself more grace and love, everyone around me offered me more grace and love. And I remember thinking, wow, okay, this is a novel concept. Had I known this many, many years ago, my goodness, I could have saved myself a lot of hurt. But living my authentic truth has changed my life drastically. And it has has allowed people to get to know the real me, even myself. And it's still a journey. I'm still learning what that means. And it's been beautiful. That's wonderful. This actually comes from, I saw this in an email from my brother-in-law today. And I think it really goes hand in hand with what you're saying. Um, this comes from President Benson, but it, it says, if, if we love God, do his will and fear his judgment more than men's, we will have self-esteem. Mm. I love that. And I just think that's that. so fascinating because I think instead, 
and, and he went on to say, in other words, our feelings about ourselves and our inadequacies are not based on how much we love or do for others or on how much they or God love us. Instead, they are based on how much we love God and on the natural expression of that love. Absolutely. And I feel like that's that goes hand in hand with what you just shared as well. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And I'm curious about so like in in that process also, I guess I'm curious about a couple of things in regards to um what do you feel like is now one of your greatest accomplishments? Um yeah. Yeah, wow. There's so many things that come to mind. And so much of that has to do with my um, legion of friends and mentors and angels and and my corral of people in my life. Um, I'm I'm a big believer of relationships. Uh, If you can prioritize your relationship with yourself, your relationship with God, your relationship with your family and your friends and the people that have carried you through this life, you will always be carried. You will always be taken care of. Um, in fact, in that kind of journey of self-discovery, I would kind of just as an affirmation or a reminder, whenever I was struggling, I would tell myself, if you remain a good person, if you can look yourself in the eye at the end of the night and say that you did your best of being a good person, you were honest in your dealings, you were kind to others, and you work hard you will always come out on top. And that has been my experience. And it's been really cool to see that come to fruition. Um, and there are very simple principles. I think sometimes we overcomplicate our potential to have happiness, but really it comes down to some of those very specific principles. If you can be kind and to everyone, love everyone, just like Christ. And if you are honest and if you work hard, and you prioritize your relationships with yourself, with Christ, with your family, with your friends, with the people that are important to you, all of those things come together for your good. And that's been my experience as well. And so um, in doing that, I have been able to really discover what it means to be, as you know me, Coach Mads, Madeline Claire Birchall. And I think my greatest accomplishment while there are very, a lot of material things that I could list here, the number one thing is I feel like I have truly found my purpose, why God has placed me here on this earth. And that is, um, I've been blessed with specific spiritual gifts that allow me to be an instrument in the Lord's hands. And I've embraced that fully. And as I have dove into that discovery and been a mouthpiece of the Lord or just a helping hand to friends in need, it has blessed my my life tremendously. And everyone is capable of that. If you continue to dive into what it means to be Tracy, what it means to be Mads, what it means to be whoever you are out there, you will find so much truth, so much love, and so much light. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me what that purpose is? Is it that you live according to your spiritual gifts or, or what does that mean to what so, is uh, yeah. So I think that in in finding that discovery, I had a lot of questions of that exact question you just asked me. Okay, well, what does that mean? What does that look like? 
Um, and I actually, this is kind of a little bit of a secret. So I'm letting you in on a little secret, but I am starting life coaching and I'm going to be announcing it here pretty soon, but it is called mindset with Mads. And, um, it is just a safe space for people to, and, and truly the, my favorite part about it is I, I feel like I get to be everyone's ultimate hype man. I'm your biggest cheerleader. I get to help you learn and understand how to unlock and unleash your limitless potential to tap into who you were innately blessed with at your birth. And um, yeah, that's, that's been my favorite thing. I'm your biggest hype man, but I, yeah, I'm starting life coaching and I'm very excited about it. Yeah. How do you worship God now? Like you were used to that community of believers and I'm curious how has, I mean, and it sounds like you just had people who stuck it out with you. So you were like your your branch president in California and those the people that helped you to still maintain that relationship with Christ. But I am curious about um, what you have done with that now. That is that is a very great question. Also a loaded question because there's so many different directions we can take that. One of them that comes to mind is whether your relationship with Christ is at its absolute peak, or you feel like you don't have one at all. One thing that we can never forget is that Christ is in all of us. God is in all of us. Um, And our minds and our bodies, the more that we can connect them and invite him in, even if it's just simply God, I, I don't know how this is supposed to go, what this is supposed to look like but I'm inviting you. If you can just come from an open heart, open mind and connect those two and invite him in your life, you will be amazed at um, his role and, and his, he is always in the details of our life. That has been my experience as well. And, And sometimes all it does take is just an open heart an open mind. Um, and for me, I have meditated a lot. I pray a lot. I I try to live very intentionally and actually a hike that I went on with a few friends a few months back is kind of around the beginning of this journey of my own. We went and we hiked Grand Deer Peak and no idea what to expect, but first couple miles into this hike, this entire hike, it ended up being, I think around 10 miles. It was a metaphor of my life. First little bit of it, um, I started to get uncomfortable. I had some blisters that were forming and I am not a big fan of blisters and no one likes to feel uncomfortable. And so I told my friends, you know what? I, I think that I am going to try this barefoot. And they're like, no way, no chance, not happening. You can't do this barefoot. We're like, we're at the very beginning. And I, had this overwhelming sense of, no, you can totally do this. And it wasn't anything that I hesitated about. And so I took off my shoes. I tied them on my back. And I, aside from the first maybe two miles, did this hike completely barefoot. (laughs) And it was every possible terrain, which was every terrain of my life, there were rocks, there were sticks, there was mud, there was water, there was even snow. The last two miles up to the peak, I was up to about my knees in snow. 
And were there times that it was challenging mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually? Absolutely. But what it forced me to do was slow down. And I have not done that very well my entire life up until that day. That day taught me more than I ever could have possibly imagined. I went step by step and each step was a representation of just how far I've come and every new terrain and my goodness, they were challenging was a metaphor of some of the different challenges that I was facing in my life. And I was met with the same grace, the same love from my loving Heavenly Father in each one of those challenges that I was faced with. And hand in hand, step by step, as slow as I was going, I moved forward. And that's all we're asked to do. Continue to move forward. Continue to trust. Continue to love. And after that day, I realized just how impactful it was for me to slow down and allow myself to be in quiet space. I have very fast moving energy naturally. And the last few months, about two and a half, I have slowed down. (laughs) I've allowed myself to be in quiet spaces. And before I even realized what was happening, I miss music. You know, I'm Coach Mads. I have music playing all the time. Music has been a part of my life. I would drive from point A to point B, whether it be a 15-minute drive or a 45-minute drive. And I realized, oh, my gosh, I never even turned on my music. It kind of started there. And then after that started to happen, I started to be a little bit more intentional because I realized it was giving me the time and opportunity to reconnect with myself, reconnect with my loving Heavenly Father, reconnect with all of the legion of angels that are on my side. I have a whole team of them, and so do you. And it has been the most beautiful journey. And it's very simple, a very simple journey that everyone can take. Yeah. I uh, am curious about your, with your mom, with her passing away when you were 20, do you feel her around you? Are you one of those people who's kind of aware of her watching out for you? Um, I think the first few years I had too much going on to even recognize whether or not she was there. And that's part of what I'm talking about with this crazy metaphor of a hype that I had. I had way too fast moving energy and I was so distracted by anything and everything under the sun, my job, my school, basketball, my friends, my relationships, you name it. It kept me distracted. It kept me moving fast. Um, but as I have slowed down and become more connected within myself and connected with my Heavenly Father, I've also been able to do the same thing with my mom. The love that I feel from her, messages that I've received from her have always come from the times of stillness. And so, yes, I have been able to connect with her more in the last couple months than I thought imaginable. And so I'm so grateful for that stillness. Yeah, that's beautiful. And how have you overcome those barriers to establishing ha- like healthy habits? Clearly, you kind of had them in you, maybe because of athletics, but 
how do you motivate people who come to Orange Theory and are part of your class? Like, what is your intention when people come to a class with you? Yeah, that's a great question. And and believe it or not, I I have not always had this crazy positive attitude about fitness and eating and so on and so forth myself. In fact, I have a very fun reminder, I'll call it now, in my journal from when I was a young kid, I was probably 10 or 12 years old. And in my journal, get this, it says something to the extent of Madeline, you are fat and ugly, do something about it. And I'm maybe 10 years old. And looking back on it now, I can give that sweet child endless amounts of love and grace for being confused and not understanding the things that I understand now. And that's okay. But I just wanted to preface that because it hasn't always come so easily for me. I've I've definitely had to do my own work. And I think what has allowed me to be in the best headspace to encourage other people is finding balance. Um, I had a great conversation with friends just yesterday. And uh, the question was, what question are you um, trying to answer most in your life right now? And one of the answers was how I can find that balance. And I resonated with him so much because it hasn't been long that I've been in this place of balance, but as I've done it, been able to prioritize each in an even playing field. I used to be work, 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 go, go, go. And that ruled my life. And it left a lot of the self-work, self-growth kind of on the back burner. It didn't allow me to prioritize or focus those things. Um, so I have just tried to slow things down a little bit. And, and I'll teach that same principle to my Orange Theory members or anyone that I come in contact with. First and foremost, offer yourself grace, offer yourself love, your body, your mind, your spirit, your soul have carried you this far in your life. And so start with just placing your hands at your heart and just telling yourself, thank you. Look at yourself in the mirror and give yourself a smile, that beautiful smile that you have and say, thank you. And if you can just almost start at a clean slate, wipe your hands clean of all of the things that have offered yourself challenges and re-meet yourself in a new frame of mind. It's okay if just three seconds before having that moment, you had a different frame of mind. Right now, all I have is now. My natural state is joy. Our natural state is joy. All we have is now. And if you can meet yourself in that place, look at yourself in the mirror, give yourself a smile. Even if you don't believe all of the things that you want to believe about yourself just yet, just smile. Just put your hand on your heart and say thank you. And you'll be so surprised the power of your own words, the power of your own smile, the power of the own light in your own eyes that it'll create for you. And the way it'll open your heart, the way it'll open your mind to so much more happiness, so much more bliss and peace and joy. I love that. I'm like, all everyone, I hope that you are putting your hand over your heart and and that advice, that smile and appreciating this magnificent opportunity we have to be where we are today. And I am curious, like what, what are some, I mean, I feel like you just offered us a tool right there um, to improve our lives. And since you're going into this, this world of self-realization and helping people to move forward on their goals and maybe on loving themselves better and being more true to themselves, um, what would you offer to the listeners, to somebody listening to this about what they can do 
to improve their lives? Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm grateful you asked this question because I think that every podcast that I've listened to, there's always been a nugget from each one. And hopefully there's been more than just this, but there has always been a nugget that I've been able to take away. And hopefully you can take this. And this comes from one of my greatest mentors, Todd Sylvester. He actually has a podcast as well. If you haven't tuned in, you need to. Todd Sylvester Beliefcast. He is one of my greatest mentors and he taught me this principle and it is so powerful. Um, A tool that you can, if you feel like you are struggling or even if you are thriving, it doesn't matter where you are. You can start with two things and starting with what um, he calls your bully playlist. So he calls um, the little voice in our minds. Everyone has it. We all have it, whether we like to believe it or not. There is a little voice that tries to creep in and, and take control. And whether you call that your inner voice, your bully, the unicorn, whatever you want to call it, it's there. So <laughs> the best thing that you can do for yourself is become teammates with that inner voice, become partners with that inner voice. And recognize that it is there because it's not going anywhere. But the more that you can become teammates and partners, man, you two are going to be powerful. But what your bully playlist is, is anything that you could ever think that you have convinced yourself of that you are, that others have convinced yourself you that you are, and write them down. And I'm talking back when you were a kid, I, I'm not good enough. I I couldn't make the basketball team, whatever it was, write it on there. There's a lot of power in our words. So first you're going to write all those things down on your bully playlist. And one, you're going to see all this fake news that you tried to convince yourself that you are and that others tried to convince you that you are as well. Let me be the first to tell you, you are not those things. And then you get to make a list called your champion playlist. This is the best. You write down everything that you just compiled on that bully playlist and you add it to your champion playlist. So if it's, I'm not good enough, you write, I'm Madeline and beyond good. Or if it, I, I, whatever the concept was on the bully playlist, you just flip the script. And that's the power that we have in our mind. The more we become partners with that ego, with that bully, with that inner voice, That is the power that we have once you become teammates with that inner voice. You get to flip the script. You create the narrative. Anything that's ever been negative, make it positive and start there. Mm -hmm. What are some books or a book that you would recommend to somebody trying to get out of? Because I think summertime can actually be a slum kind of time season, depending on people's schedules, where they get off their schedules, they get out of their rhythm. And they need to jumpstart or get back into it. Um, what do you recommend when people aren't feeling good? How do you get back on to like switching, like flipping the switch? Totally. That's a great question. Um, one book that I'm actually in the middle of reading right now is The Power of Now. I believe you pronounce the name Eckhart Tolle. Powerful. My goodness. He really helps you understand how to live in this now moment. We can't change what happened four seconds ago, four days ago, four months, or even four years ago. We can't change any of that. But we have the power to move forward with absolute love and light. And so 
his messages and I have listened to some of it. I read a lot of it. I've never been a reader my whole life. Always wanted to be because I think it's cool, but it puts me right to sleep. So I have to be very strategic about when I am reading. But that is a good one. The Power of Now. I would certainly recommend that um, if you are struggling living in this now moment and recognizing the beauty of that pick up that book or listen to it on YouTube. He's got kind of a dry voice. So know that going into it, but the message is powerful. You will take so much out of that book, the power of now. Awesome. And for the people that, you know, just anyone in life, I feel like you've kind of shared this throughout the whole entire thing, but what do you wish everyone understood about life? about this experience mm. we're having. My goodness, Tracy, that's a big one. <sighs> Man. I hope that we as people walking this earth and this earth life experience, I hope that we can all link arms come together and understand that we came here with absolute divinity and purpose. We all have very, very distinct, special spiritual gifts within each of us. And it is a matter of remembering, not discovering, not becoming. I think we get so stuck on the idea that we need to become something when in actuality the more that we can unbecome everything that we thought we were supposed to be, but actually uncover and tap into the limitless potential that you were innately blessed with, the more you can discover that, the happier, more full of light your life will be. And I think if someone were to tell me that six months ago, a year ago, three years ago, I'd be like, okay, yeah, man, is that, it's that simple. All right, cool. Show me where to sign up. You know, I may not have been the biggest believer of that, but I'm telling you, you are a being of light. You are being of love with so many special gifts individual to you. And as we each link arms and come together, we are all of the missing puzzle pieces that we each need to create this beautiful masterpiece. We are changing the human collective. We are changing mankind to become a happier, more peaceful, loving place. And we need you to do your part. You have special things that you were blessed with coming to this earth. And I challenge you to find those gifts. I love it. Thank you. Because this is the Thy Neighbor podcast. How have the neighbors literally or theoretically in your life impacted who you are and who you are becoming? Mm. You know, I actually live in a newer townhome. We moved here in December and I don't know too many of my neighbors. So literal, stay tuned. Um, <laughs> but my neighbors just throughout my entire life, you heard me say it earlier, I, I'm a big believer of relationships. A, a former boss would tell me 90% of your success in this life will come from relationships. And I really believe that because he went out of his way to make me feel special. He went out of his way to help me understand that I myself have special traits and gifts to offer this world. 
And the more that we can do that for each other, oh my goodness, the more we will be willing to link arms with the person next to us. My, that message alone was probably in my early 20s, really did shift a lot of my focus to where I really paid attention to what my neighbors were doing. I paid attention to how I could use my spiritual gifts to connect to theirs and us two or us three or us 300 become an even more powerful team together. Um, so I've been extremely blessed to know many, many wonderful individuals that have blessed me along my path, but every person you come in contact with has been brought into your life with absolute purpose. So if I can challenge you with two things is find that purpose within your neighbor and find that purpose within yourself and together we'll be unstoppable. Can you tell me about your tattoos? The purpose? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, why? I'm sure you're very intentional about them. So will you share about them? And yeah, yeah, I will. Them too, so that because this is an audio recording, just, just spe- specify what it looks like. Yes. Yeah. So I've got a handful of tattoos started with just one that I never anticipated getting another, but my goodness, be careful. If you get one, you're getting more than a few. So the, the tattoos on the right side of my body are all personal things and all the tattoos on the left side of my body are life lessons or learnings from my mom. Um, so gosh, I don't know where to begin on my right side. I have love with my sister's hands, one of my best friend's hand, my mom hands, almost like in sign language. That was my first one. Um, my second, I think was on my wrist. I have one that says Manny. That's what my mom used to call me. And it's in her handwriting. Every time I'd leave for school, um, she would give me a paper lunch bag that said Manny in her handwriting. And so I took this one specifically from a letter that she gave me. Uh, so that one is her handwriting and what she called me. Um, a couple on the back of my elbows, on my right elbow, it says ABK. It stands for always be kind. Mm-hmm. And then on the back of my left elbow, it says 110. So whenever I would leave for school, a big game, big test, my mom would look me dead in the eyes and say, Manny, do your best. Give 110%. So that's been a big principle that I've lived by. Um, I have one on my wrist that says Birch all, but the instead of the L's, they are ones because of the I'm the eleventh child. Oh, wow. eleven. So that's that one. I have one on the back of my wrist that says, or they are the symbols that represent God is greater than the ups and downs, or God is greater than the highs and lows. Um, this one right here is one of my very favorites. I have a rose right here. I have a big, beautiful giant lion. The red feather represents my inner child and the inner child work that I've done to heal a lot of different pains, traumas that have held me back in my adulthood. But as I've worked through those things, life has become a lot more beautiful. And there's two white feathers on the other side that represent my mom and I. Um, and right above this one, probably my favorite, I've skipped a handful of others, but this one's probably my favorite. It says R-W-Y-I-Y-A, so sorry, and it stands for remember who you are. Um, that's another thing my mom used to tell me all the time. Little did I realize the impact or the meaning that I'd have on my life now. 
because she's a smart lady. She definitely knew what she was talking about. And that's so much of the spiritual gifts that we've been innately blessed with. It's so much remembering than anything. And as you continue to do that work and tap into your limitless potential, you will unlock and unleash all of the beautiful gifts that you've been blessed with.